Welcome to the Ready to Buy podcast. The podcast for busy young professionals like you to help get yourself and keep yourself ready to buy your dream home. Series one is for all of you looking to buy your first home. And whether that's next week, next month, or even next year, we'll walk you through the process and help you build your knowledge, your understanding, and your confidence really help ensure that you have a plan in place and that you're ready to buy when you want to be. The Ready to Buy podcast is brought to you by me, Mark Humphrey of MHC Mortgage and Protection Limited. And with over 20 years of experience in the mortgage industry, we help and support people like you buy their homes on a daily basis. We are passionate about making the process simple, easy, hassle and stress-free for all of our clients and we'll be sharing our knowledge, experience and loads of useful hints and tips throughout the series. We'd love you to get in touch if you'd like some help with your own situation and you can find us at mhcmortgages.co.uk. And to make sure you never miss an episode, you can subscribe using any podcast app out there, including of course Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcasts and Amazon. Welcome to today's episode, Your New Home, It's All Yours. Hi, it's Mark, and we really are so close now. And so over the past few weeks, we've talked to you through from the very start through to this point here. We talked you through putting your plan in place and the importance of getting help from the very start, really understanding where you're trying to get to. We talked about getting yourself as presentable as possible and those small little things, those little tweaks that can make such a difference to you being accepted by a lender. We talked about going out and actually viewing properties, the preparation before and once you've had your offer accepted, then the the fun really starts. Um, We talked you through starting to organise your mortgage. We talked you through the legal work involved And actually, once that's underway, there's a bit of a lull in proceedings where we can organise your protection as well. So we get to this point here where we're very close to exchange of contracts and completion where you're going to pick up the keys. So just before, I'd like to talk you through a few little things that can really make the difference, and make things run that little bit smoother and maybe things that you haven't really thought about up to this point, simply because you've not bought before. There's a few things that I would suggest when you're getting prepared, once it becomes a bit clearer as to when you're going to exchange and complete, and that's something that your solicitor will be doing very much with the seller's solicitor and understanding where all parties are and when is likely for you to be able to get moved. First thing, I would say visit the property that you're buying as many times as you need to and feel comfortable. There's no limit to it. But it's really important, rather than just having gone and seen it once or twice at the start, go back, just make sure it's still exactly as you remember it, make sure that it's still going to suit your needs. Measuring up is something I'd recommend as you get closer as well. As you can imagine, when you start to think about putting furniture in, whether it's furniture you've already got, so your sofas, your your bed and, and other things, making sure that actually fit in there. It sounds really obvious, but actually just make sure that you do. 
understand what's staying and what's going as well because your solicitor will get a list from the seller's solicitor as to what's going to remain and what's going to go. Let's just be doubly clear. So build a good rapport with the seller would be my recommendation as well, if you possibly can, whether or not they'll give you their personal contact details. But I see it quite often, and I've certainly been in that situation myself from both the selling perspective and a buying perspective. And it really does help if you just can pick the phone up to them or drop them a text or a message just with a little question. And understanding what's going to be there and what's not can really help you in in terms of planning what you're going to do. Having a list of addresses. So maybe it's not the most exciting thing to do, but whilst you've got a bit of time now and getting prepared for when you're going to move, you can have less time then. So you've got a bit more time now. Get yourself a list together of all of the addresses that you've got on everything. And I, I'm sure you'll miss one or two. It's so difficult because we've got our addresses in so many different places now, particularly where you might sign up to things online. Get the main ones. So things like your bank. Personally, for me, I have a spreadsheet. And then a spreadsheet is great because it then means I can then just update it as I go through. Or if I move at some stage in the future, I've already got that list there and it might just be a case of tweaking and updating it rather than write a list on a bit of paper that can get lost. Your bank is probably a good place to start so you might have more than one bank but you might also have other credit agreements so loan, credit card, car finance. Your driving license will be something I would suggest getting that done very quickly when you move because lots of us now use your driving license, might carry it around in your purse or in your wallet as a form of ID as well. So get that up to speed. Your work would be something. Often see pay slips where they're at previous addresses. It's not a huge problem, but let's get everything sorted and up to date. Your car insurance, all of those types of things, all sorts of different insurances and things and subscriptions. What you might want to consider when you're changing address as well, particularly if you're not living at home and you're in rented, is think about the Royal Mail redirect service. So for a few pounds, you can organise for any mail that comes into your current address as it is, but it will be your old address, can get forwarded to your new address for a period of time. It might be for a month, three months, six months, for example. I've done that in the past and it's worked quite well just to mop up the ones possibly that I've forgotten to change at the time. Now, from your plan, it's likely you'll already have some sort of budget in place in terms of your monthly costs going forward. If you have, probably worth just revisiting and making sure that that you've, you've covered everything off. If you haven't, now's a good time to make sure you understand all of your monthly costs and things. So just get it all broken down. You may not know exactly because you've not done this before and things like your electric, your gas, your water, you may not necessarily have precise numbers, but you'll have a rough idea of, of what your outgoings are going to be. So again, that's a, a good a good thing to make sure you've got in hand. Ordering furniture as well. And once you've got your dates and you know when you're likely to exchange and, and complete and move in, if you're going to buy new furniture, and that's by no means you should, and probably my advice would be everything doesn't need to be brand new as well. So There's nothing wrong with bringing furniture you've already got with you or if you've got friends and family that are happy to donate things, even if it's in the short term with a view to buying things later on. If you are buying a new bed, new sofa, for example, just be mindful. If you've not done it before, you may not know that these can take weeks, even months from the point you order them to when they come in. 
even with a few weeks notice they may not be ready for when you move in so just be mindful of that and if you are going to order it trying to order it as early as possible i've found in the past that even if you haven't got a concrete date when you're going to complete you can usually change these with with the furniture companies as it becomes a bit clearer so get organized in that sense and also when it comes to actually moving day itself think about how you're going to get your things into your new home so it may be that you haven't got an awful lot of furniture in which case a van or even a trailer or a state cars could be enough to get all of your things across it might be the case if you've got quite a bit you might need to book removal companies it may be that you just need to hire a van i've done this quite a few times hired a, a luton van um, with a tailgate on the back and it's really helpful for transferring quite a lot of furniture enlist the help of your friends and family as well so get organized check that they're going to be available because trust me getting help will make it so much quicker and really take the pressure off you and when it comes to work as well hopefully work will be understanding and flexible let's face it we've all moved home at some stage and if you can try and book some time off work even if it's just a couple of days it's really quite stressful if you're trying to move around work and you've not got any time off so try and organize that as you can if the dates do get changed again that's where hopefully your employer is going to be flexible and if you need to change it at relatively short notice, for example, if the completion date changes, hopefully we can get that changed. And we spoke earlier about building a good rapport with the seller. And that really comes into its own when we start to understand the property itself. Having lived in quite a few houses over the last few years, they've all got their own little quirks, whether it comes to how the boiler operates, how which keys do what, where you can find the, the meters and things like that. Getting someone that already lives there is perfect because they'll give you the insight into the property, even down to what the bin arrangements are. So if you're moving areas, for example, different local councils have different bins for different recycling things. So just understanding what they are, understanding the neighbours as well as to which ones might be more helpful, which ones might not be the parking situation as well so if you're buying a new build for example you might find that there isn't so much parking and some neighbors can get quite particular about parking spaces and parking outside their house and things like that so just understanding the lie of the land so that when you get into the new home things are going to run smoothly and you're not going to upset anybody other things where's the stopcock I'm sure it wouldn't happen, but just in case there was a, an escape of water, if there was a water leak, understanding quickly where the stopcock is, where you can go and turn the water off at the mains and stop the problem there. Nothing worse than having that issue. I've had it in the past and scrambling around, not quite knowing where to get to it or how to actually access the stopcock itself. So there's quite a few things there in preparation that you can actually do that will make things a lot smoother when it comes to it. So we've spoken a few times about exchange of contracts or exchange as it's known in short terms and completion. And we said that with exchange of contracts, it's the point where you become legally bound to go ahead and buy the property. And so essentially when everybody exchanges within your chain, it means that everybody's committed, which is a great place to be because it's more or less it's going to go through from there. Now, we've talked about the deposit as well with Callum in the previous episode. 
in terms of providing your solicitor with your deposit. Before you exchange, they'll want some or all of your deposit. At that point as well, they'll have given you a completion statement. So you'll have a breakdown of all the money that they need from you and essentially that the money involved in the transaction. So to give you an idea, they will confirm the purchase price. They'll confirm how much in terms of mortgage funds that are coming through from the mortgage lender. They'll confirm the solicitor charge, so their fees. They will confirm any stamp duty. As we said, it may well be zero or reduced for you as a first-time buyer, but either way, they'll confirm what the stamp duty liability or stamp duty due will be, and also then how much deposit, how much you will need to provide them and when they'll need it. Now, a number of you may have the government ISAs, so a help-to-buy ISA or a lifetime ISA, or otherwise known as a, a LISA, L-I-S-A, and these provide a, a government bonus for having the scheme and help when saving towards buying your first home. And your solicitor will explain when to close these accounts and what they'll need to ensure that you get your bonus. With a help to buy ISA, the bonus is paid to the solicitor directly just before completion. And with a lifetime ISA, the government pay it into your account but there are certain rules around it. So it's important to be careful when you close it to ensure that you don't then have to repay that bonus back to them. But your solicitor will be very clear and explain when to do it and what to do with that. And if any doubt, you can always ask them. And the point of exchange of contracts is also where the home insurance should be put into force. So from exchange of contracts, effectively, they're saying the point that you become legally bound to proceed and buy the property is the point that you should have buildings cover in place and your protection as well. So whether that be life cover, protecting your income, protecting you against serious or critical illnesses, having it in place for that point is sensible because that is the point that you become legally bound to buy the property. Definitely not a silly question. Each episode, we like to answer a question that I might have been asked by a client this week because something that we don't know, no matter how big or small, particularly when it comes to money, mortgages and finance, will cause unnecessary stress. So I say to all of my clients, there really genuinely are no silly questions. And so the question this week I've been asked, we've got a holiday booked and is that going to cause us problems? Are we going to have to cancel it so we can exchange contracts and complete on our purchase? Simple answer to that is no. And so if you've got a holiday booked, more often than not, you're going to know quite some way in advance. So I'd always recommend something like that. Your solicitor will ask you when they send you the paperwork out and, and have the conversation at the very start are there any particular dates that you're working towards? Are there any particular dates where you might be away or might cause problems? So if your solicitor is aware of that from the start, if the seller's solicitor is aware that there are certain dates that it can't happen, then it's a case of working towards dates that are feasible and that can happen. So if you've got a holiday booked, I wouldn't worry too much um, and I wouldn't stress about it. Just let your solicitor know as early as possible and it will be fine. So if you have a question you'd like to ask, anything at all, please get in touch through my LinkedIn page. I'm Mark Humphrey, 
or via the MHC Mortgages page on Facebook. Not only will I come back to you nice and quickly with an answer, but I promise to try and share your question in future episodes because you can be sure if you're thinking that question, there'll be plenty of other people thinking exactly the same questions. Now, there are a couple of things that I need to tell you as we're talking money and mortgages. It's important to seek advice for your own individual circumstances, okay? And whilst it might seem really obvious, a mortgage is a loan secured on your home, and your home may be repossessed if you don't keep up your mortgage payments. So in other words, if you have a mortgage or when you get a mortgage, pay it on time, you'll be fine. And so moving on to completion, and we've already said that there's no set timescale between exchange of contracts and completion of your purchase. Occasionally, we see it on the same day. And often it's a few days or a week, and sometimes it can be longer than that. It really does depend on a number of factors. And we discussed this with Callum at EMG Solicitors. And so completion. So your mortgage lender will look to release the mortgage funds the day before you complete. The simple reason is that the solicitor wants the funds in advance so that they can ensure that completion happens as early in the day as possible on completion day. And particularly if you're in a chain, so there's a few other people reliant on you completing for them to then go through and complete their purchase and so forth. As you can imagine, if there's quite a few transactions, the sooner in the day it can get done, everybody can get completed. Okay, if you've not already provided your deposit or your remaining deposit, you'll have to provide this before completion date. And on the day itself, your solicitor will send both the mortgage funds and the deposit funds from you. They'll send the funds across. So essentially, the agreed purchase price will get sent through to the seller's solicitor. And then it's a case of waiting for them to confirm back to your solicitor that completion has happened. So they've received the funds. And you're now the proud new owner of your new home. From there, your solicitor will pick the phone up to you more than likely and say, all yours, you can now go and get your keys. So the fun really begins now because you own your own home. So you've now got your keys and we spoke through the preparation earlier. And so you've done quite a few things to make things smoother for yourselves already. More than likely, you'll go over to the estate agent who will have an envelope with the keys for you to go and, and move in. We do see it sometimes that the seller may provide you with the keys, so you may meet them at the property and, and get the keys from them. But that will all be agreed prior to completion, so you'll know exactly what's happening there. My suggestion would be, before you forget, it's very easy, I've done it before, um, done it quite recently actually, where I didn't check the meter readings on the day of completion because there's so many other things going on. So you've already checked, so you know where the gas, the electric and the water meter, if it is on a meter, it may not be. But if you've checked and you know where to access those, go and get a reading. I tend to take a picture on my phone just so I've got it there. So even if I lose a bit of paper, I write it down on, it's there and it's saved on my phone and on the cloud somewhere. Having those readings is, is really important. We'll come back to that shortly. Now, before you move all your things in, you might, depending on the condition of the property, you might want to go in. You've already enlisted the help of others, I expect. 
And you might just want to give it a really good clean before you even start moving things in. It's personal preference, but we've all got different sort of standards when it comes to cleanliness and hygiene. And it might be a case of getting in, cleaning up the toilet, the bathroom, the kitchen, inside of kitchen cupboards, fridge, freezer, if they've left those, all those types of things, just doing it because it's a lot easier when the property is empty than it is once you've got all your things in there. So that's entirely up to you. From there, you'll start moving your things in. So you've made arrangements, whether it be a van, whether it be removals, you'll start moving all your things in. And trust me, it can be really tiring. And particularly if you've got lots of things, don't put too much pressure on yourselves to get it all done straight away. And if you've managed to get time off work as well, then there's no pressure to get it all done and dusted in a day. Also, depending on your situation before, if you're coming out of rented, it may be a case of actually you've still got to go and just tidy up and clean up and, and maybe the odd bit of touching up the paintwork and things in the property that you've come out of. And so there could be quite a few things to do. And, and if you've got a few days just to stagger that, all well and good. And so moving on to the more sort of administrational side of things and maybe the, the less exciting but equally as important things now. So now you've got everything in and you're settled and it's starting to feel like home. Your mortgage lender is going to write to you. So within a few days of you moving in, you're going to get a letter on your doormat from your lender just to confirm the amount of your first monthly mortgage payment and when they're going to take it. Now, we've discussed it before, but your first monthly payment may be slightly different to your normal monthly payment. And just to give you a bit of an explanation around that again. So if, for example, you completed on the 15th of the month, your first monthly payment is likely to be taken the following month. Now, let's say, for example, like a lot of people decide to have the monthly payment, the monthly direct debit come out on the first of each month, because a lot of us tend to get paid towards the end of the month. So it works quite neatly. Now, your first monthly payment on the first of next month is going to be a normal payment for the whole of that month. So that will be capital and interest and your normal monthly payment but you'll also have to pay them some interest between the 15th when you've completed and when they've released the mortgage funds to the end of that month. So it will be some interest for those 15 or 16 days plus your normal monthly payment, if that makes sense. So they'll confirm this in writing and so you'll know exactly how much it's going to be and then the following month thereafter it will revert back to your normal monthly payment and every month thereafter. So I hope that makes sense with that and just to be aware and mindful of it not so you're not expecting just a normal monthly payment if you completed on the first of the month for example it may well be that your mortgage lender could take the first payment later in the month it wouldn't be ready to be taken out on the first on the day of completion but it may be they can take the first payment later in the month and then the following month they would revert back to the normal payment all lenders do things slightly differently. The key thing is there, look out for the letter and they'll confirm it for you. So some other bits to, to make sure you do as well. So you've already taken the gas and electric readings and if you've got a water meter, you'll take a water reading. You want to provide those readings to the provider. Now you may already know who they are um, from the seller um, or even from the solicitor. Your solicitor may confirm this. So you can approach them 
most of them, if you go onto their website, you can input the reading, input that you're a new customer and get the thing started. If you forget to or don't get around to, they're probably going to write to you within a few days anyway, and that then kicks things off from there. So as we said, you'll have your readings that you did, one of the first things you did, and that just means that you're getting charged for things that you've used. If you forget to do it, they'll tend to either use a later reading from you or they use an estimated reading, which isn't always that accurate. So just be aware of that. Update all your addresses as well. So you've already got your list sorted out. So you've done a lot of the work on that. It's just a case of working through that list and getting everything changed. An awful lot of things now can be changed online as well. So it can be done of an evening, fit around your busy schedule. Just make sure that you get things done. And like we said before, if you're moving out of rented, then you may want to consider redirecting your mail just so that your mail isn't going to maybe the next tenant that moves in there. Getting yourself onto the voters role. So we've spoken about the importance of this back in episode two when we spoke about getting yourself as presentable as possible. Being on the voters role is really important for your credit score. And just because you've now completed on your mortgage, I would say don't relax and don't just forget about doing the right things in terms of your credit file because you it might be that you need car finance or need to get a new 0% credit card, something like that. And actually, you want to maintain as good a credit score as you possibly can. So get yourself onto the voters role or the electoral role. Really easy to do. If you go onto your local council website, there'll be a section on there and you'll be able to go through. It can take a few weeks to update from experience. And so the earlier you can do that, the better. And so in summary, such an exciting time and it's so great that you've reached this point. As we said here, there's quite a few things that you can do in preparation. Once you know your exchange completion dates, then preparing can make things a lot easier when you've got more pressing things to do actually on moving day and more exciting things in terms of decorating and and getting things how you like it. So just a few basic things said about the importance of visiting the property, getting a good rapport with the seller. That's really important to understand the property and anything that you need to be mindful of. Get your addresses on a list, ideally a spreadsheet, and then that makes it a lot easier after the event to go and do. So on the exchange completion dates, your solicitor will help you. If you need any help, your mortgage broker will talk you through this process. But Thankfully, now we're there, you've moved into your property, and it's all yours. Thanks so much for listening today. I really hope that you've enjoyed the episode and found it helpful. We'd love you to join us next time when I'll be discussing the extra help available to first-time buyers that need it. In the meantime, you can help us reach and help many, many more people like yourself by leaving a five-star review on whichever platform you get your podcast and by sharing the podcast on your social media channels. So until next time, take care.